0: Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books Podcast. Set in ancient Greece, this week's story tells of the beautiful young woman, Chloe, and her admirer, Daphnis. Can he save her from the brutish pirates? After the story, be sure to go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Barefoot Ballet Stories collection. Daphnis and Chloe, from the ballet by Maurice Ravel. Once upon a time in ancient Greece, when the gods still ruled from high Olympus, there was a lovely grotto dedicated to the forest god Pan. A marble temple stood in the heart of the grove of trees, guarded day and night by stone nymphs. Now the day this story begins, all was quiet in the grotto. A small wind pushed through the birch trees and brushed past the statues of the nymphs, but otherwise a lovely stillness filled the grove. Suddenly, as if wakening to the fact that it was a day of worship, Thrush, Wren and Cuckoo all began to sing. Their dawn chorus filled the grotto, little hymns to the goat-footed god. Then into the grove came Pan's worshippers, young men and women in white tunics, each carrying a basket of fruit and grain for Pan and the stone nymphs. They were led by the grizzled old shepherd, Lamon, who had long taken care of the grove. The loveliest of all the worshippers was a young woman named Chloe, It was her first time at Pan's temple, and she seemed to shine with the wonder of it, her dark hair framing an exquisite oval face. All the young men noticed her, but especially the cowherd Dawkin. A big man with a dark beard and a large jaw, he was rough and forward and had no sense of what was proper. Besides, he'd been sampling the honey wine before pouring out a libation to Pan. Grabbing Chloe by the arms... He tried to kiss her. Chloe was so frightened she cried out and struggled to break free. Suddenly, Dawkins was thrown to the ground. The girl does not want your attentions, said Chloe's rescuer. Gazing at him from under lowered lids, Chloe whispered, Thank you, kind sir. He blushed in return. Not sir, but Daphnis. My name is Daphnis. Daphnis. Then thank you, Daphnis. But from the ground, Dorkin persisted. What's wrong with me, pretty girl? Why not thank me? He started to rise. Chloe shrank back from him, looking first at the handsome Daphnis, then at the other men for protection. A contest! A contest! The men all cried. Daphnis quickly took the lead. Dorkin and I will dance before you, and the best dancer will win a kiss from you. He suggested. But say no, if you do not agree, and I will make sure that the others all abide by your wishes. He spoke so prettily, the colour rising in his face again, that Chloe reluctantly agreed. It seemed the best way to get them all to leave her alone. First, Dorkin danced, but the drink had made him stupid and slow. He lumbered through his steps, missing several, almost falling. Everyone laughed at him. Then Daphnis began, and every step and turn he took seemed like a miracle. Yet he was the only one who was unaware of how well he danced. When he finished, the men hoisted him onto their shoulders, crying out, The winner! Then they set him down in front of Chloe. The kiss! The kiss! Daphnis whispered to her, Only if you wish it. His breath was sweet-smelling, like wildflowers after rain. I will not take what is not freely given, no matter how many contests I win. She leant towards him and closed her eyes, and the kiss they exchanged was, in all the universe of kisses, perfection. Then, still mesmerised by the kiss, Chloe allowed herself to be led away deeper into the grove by the other girls so she might place her basket in Pan's temple. Meanwhile, Daphne stood without moving, as if the kiss had changed him to stone. A touch on his arm seemed to wake him, and he turned, expecting Chloe. But it was another woman, Lysenian, older and with a calculating look on her face. "'Give me a kiss as well,' she said. Appalled and blushing furiously, Daphnis dashed away, searching for Chloe. But as fate would have it, he went in the wrong direction, and lycinian shamed by his rejection, left by another path. For a moment the grove was empty and silent, as if it too was remembering that perfect kiss. "'No birds?' No bees, no little animals scrabbling in the undergrowth disturbed the peace. Even the girls in Pan's temple were silent at their prayers. All of a sudden, the grove's silence was shattered by shouts and laughter, by grunts and belches and sharp whistles. Into that peaceful place raced a band of pirates, dressed in striped trousers with bared chests and colourful headscarves. They carried knives and swords shoved into their belts. "'Catch the girls!' shouted one. "'That pretty maid! And that one!' "'He pointed at two trembling young women hiding behind the trees. "'As directed, the pirates chased after the girls, "'who raced through the grove like young deer ahead of a pack of wolves. "'Fear drove them, and they ran with the wind at their backs "'till they had all escaped. "'All, that is, but one. "'Surprised by the commotion around her, for she had no idea such wickedness existed. Chloe was caught, lifted up, carried off, all the while crying out to the gods to save her. But the gods did not hear her. Or if they did, they saved but a sandal from her foot. It lay on the ground where it had fallen, right by Pan's temple. Just then, hearing Chloe cry out, Daphnis raced back into the grove. But too late... Alas, too late. Seeing Chloe's sandal lying on the ground, he picked it up and held it to his heart. Oh, ye gods, he cried out, those of you who heard my darling cry and would not save her, I curse you, I curse myself for being so slow. A sound in the grove startled him and he looked around. With a mighty wrenching of stone from stone, the nymphs of the grotto stepped down from their marble plinths, woodbine and ivy trailing through their fingers. They approached Daphnis, shaking their carved heads, and the sound was again the grinding of stone on stone. "'Do not curse the gods,' they said in chorus. "'It angers them very much.' "'I do not care if the gods are angry,' cried Daphnis. "'Where's Chloe?' The stone nymphs spoke without moving their lips. Pirates have stolen Chloe and taken her far away. You must ask the gods for help. Where were the gods when she was taken? Daphnis said bitterly. Why did they not help then? Ah, but they will help, came the stone voices. Though in their own time, if you but temper your anger... They pressed him to kneel, stone hands heavy on his shoulders. He got down on his knees, reluctantly, holding out Chloe's sandal to them. Ask the god of the grove and he will answer, the nymphs insisted in their voices of grating stone. When the pirates stole away your true love, they violated Pan's sanctuary as well. He has no fondness for such men. Pan, help me! cried Daphnis, the memory of the perfect kiss still imprinted on his mouth. He trembled as he spoke, close to tears. And Pan, who sees everything in his woods, heard him, though it would be some time before Daphnis was to understand this. Meanwhile, Chloe had been carried off to the pirate's camp, a rough place with tables and benches made of driftwood and a black pirate flag hanging from a stunted tree. Hands bound tightly behind her, she was dragged before the chief pirate, the wicked Briaxis. Briaxis was a great brute of a man, muscular and smelly. He smiled a serpent smile when he saw Chloe and stroked his large, dark moustache. Can she dance? he asked his men. Dance! 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 they shouted as one took out his knife and cut the ropes binding Chloe's wrists. With her hands free, Chloe dared to dream of escape. A small dream, but her first moment of hope. If I take long enough, she thought, perhaps they will drink too much to care about me, and then I can run off. So she began to dance, as ordered, to keep the pirates from guessing what she planned. Slowly, languidly, Chloe moved about the encampment. As she danced, she watched the pirates. Her plan was working. The wine had made them sleepy, and Bryaxis was already snoring. Several other pirates began to nod off, then several more. Making a final circuit around the rough camp, Chloe judged the moment to be right. She took a deep breath, gave thanks to the gods, and made a dash for freedom. But just as she reached the trail, her way was blocked by two huge pirates who had been standing guard behind the trees. Oh no! she cried.
1: Oh yes!
0: they mocked her, grabbing her arms and dragging her back to Briaxis, who had not been so drunk after all. He laughed uproariously at her. I did not say dash, I said dance, little one, he growled. And dance you shall. Head down, spirit broken, she began to dance once more. Left foot, right foot, turn and turn again, all the while whispering, Pan, God of the Groves, only let me see Daphnis one last time. But that was a forlorn hope. For just then Briaxis picked her up and held her triumphantly over his head. No more dancing, no more prayers, he said, and laughed again. Pan, save me, Chloe cried, and then she screamed, for above her, lights had begun flickering in the sky, as if the heavens were opening to take her in. She turned her head away from the lights, and all at once, hope leapt inside her. What she had spotted were the tall forms of the stone nymphs slowly, inexorably approaching the pirates' camp. "'Thank you, Pan,' she whispered. Thunder rattled the encampment. The very earth began to shake. And at that very moment, a great shadow, part man, part beast, seemed to fill the air. Bryaxis threw her to the ground. "'The goat god is here!' ''Pan, the confuser, to the boats, men!'' he cried. ''Poseidon, god of the sea, will see us safe!'' In great panic, for that is what the god Pan inspires in men he hates, the pirates fled the clearing, and Chloe blessed the ground with her tears. In Pan's grotto, dread night gave way to dawn at last, But Daphnis still lay upon the ground mourning. He did not hear the birds singing or the laughter of shepherds around him. All he heard in his head were Chloe's last cries before the pirates took her, and the gods' silence. Wake up! Wake up, Daphnis! A hand shook him roughly. Shepherds with their flocks had gathered around him i have nothing to wake up for he muttered opening his eyes to the sunlight the stone nymphs and the marble plinths stared down at him he thought they were smiling it did not comfort him the shepherds cried out look look he looked and there was chloe coming along the path surrounded by all her friends Daphnis could hardly believe his eyes, but hope lifted him up and he ran to her, enfolding her in his arms. Old Lamon came over and said softly, Pan saved Chloe, because he too once had a lost love, the nymph Syrinx. If you wish to honour the god who has bestowed such a gift, come to his altar and exchange your marriage vows. I will honour Pan all my life, Daphnis exclaimed, and never again doubt the gods. Then taking Chloe by the hand, he led her to the little marble temple, where they pledged themselves one to the other. As they spoke their vows, the stone nymphs smiled down on them. And Pan, who loves happy endings, granted them long, long lives of contentment ever after.